1: Meet me later, hey, and welcome to another episode of When Women Speak with Shirley K. This is not only just another episode, this is season three Women to Speak Family. Can you believe it? We're in season three of this show, and you know what I'm about to say. This guest is fire, but really, is, this guest is fire. As a matter of fact, you're gonna hear me share something that she doesn't even know that I'm gonna share that she helped me through. When we talk about our voices, our you know finding and leading and, and leaving with our voices, today with Tanya Sievers Evans, you're going to discover how to command your voice on the life of your stage, your own life. Now, if you had to visualize a stage, let's be clear, you have to command your voice on that stage. You have an audience that needs to stay, stay attentive to what you're saying. Well, I can imagine that the stage of your life, you have to remain attentive to who you are internally. So I imagine that this episode is going to take us to all different levels of the finding, leading, and leaving with her voice. But let me tell you a little bit about Tanya as well. Tanya is the founder of Sequence to Success. What did I just tell you she helped me do? She helps women create and command the stage of their lives with powerful self-empowerment, reinvention, and personal branding through coaching and events. She does all of that. Wow, working in corporate America, being a wife, being a mother, being an active member of a sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, and I think she's our second guest. That's a member of AKA, so there might be a little trend there with women speak audience. Oh, but Taya is also a lover of the Lord. That is also something you've heard consistently with our guests and myself. Taya, welcome to the show. Hey Shirley, this is like hanging out with a friend. Thank you for having me. It sure is. Thank you so much for saying yes. Um, and we're going to dive right in because I want to hear all of those gems that you're going to be sharing with our audience. Tanya, let's go. What does it mean for you when you hear the statement, find her voice?
0: Ooh, I think the first word I think of, Shirley, is authenticity. Um, I think so many times when we think of our voice, we, sometimes we can have so many other voices in our heads that we forget who our own voice is. And we let, you know, especially, you know, us being, you know, us kind of being, you know, semi-public figures and being influencers and that kind of stuff. um, There's all these other voices that we hear. And I think the first part of that is really being authentic to yourself and figuring out who you are, what your platform is, what your message is, but it all has to start with your authenticity, authenticity and knowing who you are.
1: Authenticity when it comes to finding um, her voice. And um, this is a perfect segue. So I've known Tanya for I don't know how many years now. Tanya. I know. Right? It's been, um, yeah. it's been some yeah. years. When these friendships are like really deep and close and they really give you all the things that you need from friendship, you, you forget how long that you've connected with that person But, you know, Life on Power, we're going into our um, eighth year of Life on Power, the company. And you heard me talk about my purpose. Um, My purpose is to help women authentically show up in their lives, their businesses, their relationships, and their careers optimally fulfilled, optimally fulfilled. And so when I started Life on Power, I'm still working in corporate America, as I still am now. I'm I'm acting like I don't, right, Tanya? Yeah. Um, So I had to represent that organization, this this billion dollar organization um, on national television. But I thought because it was in the middle of the day, not a whole lot of people would see. But what I did know is that I do everything with excellence. Who do I get to kind of guide me? Yeah, the little PR team with the company gave me some tips, but I needed someone that knows me. I reached out to my girl, Tanya. You know, so I told her what we were talking about. You know, as the external affairs manager in our organization, I had not done something on that level before at that national level. Local, yeah, but not at that particular level. Tanya gave me some tips, etc., and and it really, it was about me rehearsing those same things she told me over and over again. What's the message? What do you want people to know? That doesn't change no matter what they ask you, Shirley. That doesn't change. So now my nerves weren't as you know all over the place as they were prior to going there i get there now i don't know about you guys but you know you read a lot of emails when you're at a particular level and my um executive assistant has sent me all the information i needed for it um she was absolutely awesome i didn't read it all y'all so <laughs> i get that i read where we i needed that. to be we skim we skim what time who do I see? Who do I tell the receptionist I need to see? That's what I read. Bam, got it. I get there, talking to the, the, the lady I needed to see, and I said, well, hey, when does it actually air so I can, you know, share this with my public affairs team, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, oh, honey, it airs while you're talking. We're live. We're live, yeah. I almost died in the pe- I almost died in those people's studio <laughs> in this big national. I stopped in the middle of the hallway. I said, live? She said, yeah, I, your, your secretary didn't share that with you? I, then I said, oh, she probably did. Yeah. <laughs> Let me not lie on her, right, right? Let me not lie. So no. I go, okay, I go back to Tanya conversation now, because when we talk about finding her voice, we're not having, this podcast is not just because I want to hear it from everyone else, but I lived in this, finding my voice. If it had been from my company, Life on Power, When women speak, audience and family, I probably would have said, I am unable to do this. Mm. This is what God does, though. When you show up and say that I want to do this for you, Lord, I want my purpose to to, to expand for your purpose. He's going to use whatever it is that he has. Now, I wasn't showing up on stage like that at that time, but he knew. I was committed to excellence in, in the work I did for that company. Hadn't yet even gotten to that point for my own company. But yeah. even I was committed to them. So he yeah. used that. So this is what I said. Okay, sure. You can't run out of these people's place because, you know, they, you, you represent this, you know, this big organization. You cannot run out. All right. I talked to Tanya. Tanya said, you, your reason doesn't matter. Your why doesn't matter. So the answer to no matter what question, I just need you to know these three points. Let me tell you, when women speak, audience, I killed
0: it. K-I-L-T. I I remember that. You sure did. I was just going to say something really uh, short to you. Shirley actually introduced me to this book called um, The Prayer of Jabez. And the reason I'm interjecting that right now is because I was just reading today about expansion of your territory. So sometimes you ask for expansion, but you don't know how God is going to expand you. So you were already probably praying, Lord, I don't, I know, I, I know you have more plan for me. I can feel the calling and pulling to do something else. And he was like, okay, let me, there you go. Here you go. This is expansion. This is expansion. You know, being, you know, given given those platforms and those opportunities because you were in a place of saying, Lord, use me, he
1: he gave you that opportunity to, to be used. Absolutely, and I read that book over ten years ago, um, not, way more than ten years ago. So yeah. I have been praying that prayer for a long time, not realizing that He could use um, that particular platform for the purpose He has for me. I had not mm-hmm. discovered that quite yet—that yep. He could use any platform. Now, in all reality, He owns it all, right? Right. But right. I had yet yep. discovered that in that middle of the day time frame where I thought no one's going to see it. I it, there were screenshots all over the internet of congratulations. I wanted to ask everybody, y'all supposed to be working. Well, how, how was y'all able to see this in the middle of the day? Yeah, that yes. was the proof I needed. Yeah, so authenticity, me, my what I give already, along with what I've asked God to do, he used that. Of that particular platform so when tanya said that i'm like man this is the perfect segue to share something i don't often share and i don't even think i shared it to that level with tanya as well
0: no she did not and you know too it's authenticity but it's also um connecting with preparation because like you said you know wherever i show up i'm going to show up with excellence you know if i'm speaking to one people or i'm speaking to a thousand people if you're going to show up with excellence then god knows he can trust you to to speak to and Be in front of bigger audience because he knows you're going to show up and touch that one person or, like I said, those thousand people. Um, So it's preparation too. you know, that authenticity has to be met with with, you know, being prepared. And you did that. And so, so many times we think, oh, you know, I'll just wing it. Um, And you feel so much more comfortable, too, when you do prepare. It's like no matter whether it was live or whether it's going to be recorded, preparation is preparation. So it's just a matter of like, you know, change your mindset a little bit. You know, I know that is um, live is always scary, no matter how many times I've done it, It it's always still scary. But, you know, certainly when you're prepared and you know what your message is, you know, it makes gives you a comfort level and allows your authenticity to come through because you are prepared.
1: Absolutely. And when you said that, Tanya, uh, what I thought of is that even if you're in the space of finding your voice, you not quite know what that voice sounds like. Oh, what authenticity is for you? That mm-hmm. preparation, though, I think is a big chunk of you still being able to deliver. And that's how you find out the only way you, you know, that stage we talked about, you know, in the beginning, how you how you um, coach women about the stage of their lives. Well, when you get on stage, you gotta do it a lot in order to be comfortable with it Yes. as well. So yeah. you, you won't even know how that's aligned with what you're doing unless you continue to prepare every time.
0: That's right. And you and I um, have a mutual friend that does a lot of speaking, and she told me one time, uh, people think I just get up there and speak. She goes, I might do one speech for 50 times. She said, I record it, I make changes, I do it in front of the mirror. She said, so yeah, you know, yes, it may look like I'm up there naturally speaking. But at the end of the day, I have gone over and over and over this. I tried different uh, hand motions. I tried different inflections with my voice. So, yeah, she's a pro because she is putting in the work to look like a pro. Absolutely.
1: Putting in the work. So finding your voice also includes putting in the work. Mm -hmm. So, so Tanya, our next discussion is... To find our voice, at some point we have to realize that we've had some voiceless experiences because unless we've had voiceless voiceless experiences, we don't know that we need to find our voice. Mm-hmm. So Tiny, have you ever had a voiceless experience? And I think you have, and if you could just share at least one of those experiences with our audience.
0: Yeah, I think we've all had those um, experiences where we know we were, we're not, heard, even though sometimes we're speaking, I've always been pretty good about, um, speaking my mind in the most respectful way. You know, my mother taught me fairly well, you know, I try not to, you know, you know, go off, but I, I, I am pretty comfortable doing that. But certainly I've been in spaces where, um, as a woman, particularly with, you know, maybe all male counterparts at that time where I was not heard or kind of, kind of ignored, um. And I learned to push back, you know, in in a very, you know, hey, wait a minute, I'm sorry, I I hadn't finished my point, you know, in a very respectful way. But, you know, just to know I was speaking, as Kamala said, hold on, I was was talking, give me just a moment, let me finish. So I, I did learn to do that. It's not easy, but the more you do it, number one, you're comfortable doing it. But number two, the people in the room know, learn to respect you and listen and not, cut you off. And that can be, you know, that can be challenging. Um, it probably took me about three or four months in these meetings, but then I realized if I keep doing this, my ideas are never going to be heard. Um, I'm never going to have, I have a seat at the table, but I'll never have any real influence on the table. If I don't get more confident in using my voice and and sharing my ideas a little bit more, um, what's the word word, not loudly, but a little bit more, um, uh, forcefully in order to mm-hmm. gain the respect of others, so I think it takes, um, cons- you know, consistency and just and just trying and being comfortable and and ne- ne- never did they ever say, "Well, excuse me." Never they always were like, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know, I just think that sometimes men are so used to kind of talking over each other that when you're in a room, they don't necessarily adjust. Because you're in the room, they continue doing. Now, some people are, you know, obviously there's some people that, you know, there's a woman in a room and they want to, um, they want to kind of shadow her light. But I think in general, sometimes they're just doing what they do, right? They're just, they talk loud and they, they talk over each other. And so most of the times it was, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. And, you know, let you speak. Um, But I think the more we practice doing that as women, we will get the opportunity to really um, talk and be listened to. And then after that, it became, Tanya, what do you think? You know, i I got I became more of a, a part of those conversations because they saw that my, you know, my feedback and my input was valid.
1: But you had to initially
0: do it intentionally. Absolutely. Yeah. It was practice. And it was sometimes like, okay, I know I'm going into this meeting. And this time I am not going to, you know, I was talking myself up this time. I'm not going to let, I'm going to just call him Joe. I am not going to let Joe talk over me. So, I, so what do I need to say? Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Can I, let me finish this one point and then I'll make sure we get back to you. So I, I, I practice saying that. So when the mo- moment came, I was prepared to not be interrupted. Um, and it wasn't comfortable at the very beginning, but the, like I said, the more I did it, the more I feel comfortable, but also the less it happened, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's the other part of it, the less that less it happened because they knew that I was going to, you know, I was going to make sure that I had a platform too. Like I was respectful to them. And I think um, it was a matter of them earning, me earning their respect by speaking up. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that if I'd never said anything, they would have continued to do that. If I hadn't mm-hmm. been that way for sure, I would have just mm-hmm. never had an opportunity to share my ideas.
1: Yeah. So we said the word again when we talked about that practice. You yep. you said that you actually practiced before you walked in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your mindset was sometimes that's just how men do this. They're used to interrupting each other. Sometimes it's not they want to interrupt. The woman, now sometimes it is. Let's be clear. When women speak with Shirley K audience, it is sometimes. Yeah. But you have a choice in regards to what you'd like to believe. Because believing that they're going to want to interrupt you, you may it may take longer for you to have that voice at the table because your mindset is I'm in a fight all the time. Yes. yes. Yep. So to believe that they don't want to interrupt me. Now if it comes comes to the point where obviously they do, then there's something else that we do. But right. to walk in the room with a strategy and believing that they interrupt themselves, that's what I see. So I just gotta make sure that I show up the way I need to show up. And and when I do interject, it is not something that's done in a way that they feel that I'm interjecting, I'm interjecting over them.
0: Right, right. And Shirley, I think you and I are of, and probably many members of your audience too, I think I I try to always be in the mindset of like everything is not victim. Every every time I walk into something, whether it's um, sexism or racism, I I try to say, okay, is this really? And many times it is. Like I'm not downplaying that there is not sexism in the ra- work uh, workplace, and you know, as, as certainly as an African American woman, I'm certainly not downplaying that there is racism in the workplace. But but I sometimes just feel like. I am not going to go in there with that as my mindset. If it happens, like you said, we will have a one-on-one conversation. And then if I have to, if that doesn't work, I will escalate it to the next level. But oftentimes I think it's that um, when you go in there feeling like I am going to be the victim of being unheard, I'm going to be the victim of, they're not going to take me seriously because then we behave in that manner. So I try to always go into it with a positive attitude of, that's not the case until you show me differently. And then I go from there. So I, it, it did make it, you're right, it definitely made it easier for me because I didn't go in there with the assumption that they were trying to, uh, uh, squelch my voice. You know, I, I didn't go in there like they're trying to stomp up my voice and they don't want to hear me. I went in there saying, I am a woman. My voice is lighter than theirs. They're laughing. And sometimes I'm talking and they're laughing at something, which I, which I said something funny, but, you know, it's taken over the whole thing. And now to get back to that point, it's like I have to be, you know, I have to be strategic about it. So I think that's important too. The, like you said, the mindset. Of yes, there is. We have to acknowledge that there are inequities and things happen, but don't necessarily assume that every single time. Go in with a positive mindset, handle it in a positive way initially, and then the truth will be told. Right? You'll it, you'll figure out. You know, maybe in that room there is one person that you know really doesn't think a woman should be there in there anyway, or mm-hmm. doesn't think a young person should be in there. Absolutely, that happens. Mm-hmm. But try and- not. Go in there. I think with a approach it with a victim mentality. Um, go in there prepared with a strategy. We have to be strategic. Go in there prepared with a strategy, and
1: then go from there. I think that helps a lot. Thank you for sharing that, Tiny. Because uh, when women speak, audience listening to other guests, that's actually um, the ground floor. Of what every all of us say that we walk in with a strategy. It's mm-hmm. when we don't have a strategy that we begin to kind of flail out because we become frustrated that our voices are not being heard. So walking in with a strategy, yeah, I hear the person saying that, well, why should I have to do that? They don't do that. You should have to do that because that is how you're going to get that voice at the table. And as that voice becomes stronger and you're mentoring and sponsoring somebody else, then what I would hope for is that the strategy is needed less and less or someone that doesn't even know there's a strategy, they think that you do it just like on a drop of a dime, yes. that as you mentor and sponsor them, that you're able to share that with them. So yeah, yeah the, the strategy is needed in most cases.
0: Yeah, and, and to your point too, remember this is about being excellent, right? Yes. So excellence requires a strategy. So whether they do it or not, Damn. somewhere mm-hmm. I'm working towards excellence, I'm not worried about what they're doing. My job is to come into that room With excellence. So that requires a strategy. I was talking to a young um, woman the other day, even about how you deal with things in terms of um, racism. And I said, Mm -hmm. I handle it the same way. If someone says something, especially in a group that I think is a little bit out of pocket, I will say to them, hey, um, could you tell me what you meant by that? I may have misunderstood
1: that's one of my perfect responses. Yeah. no, you know, I, I mean, it's okay to take it back on you. Maybe I misunderstood you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go in. Uh, maybe I misunderstood. And again, nine out of 10 times, whether they meant it in that way or not, they are going to backtrack from that and solve it on its own. But, but that little, that little you know oh maybe I misunderstood gives them just enough benefit of the doubt to know number one they are not going to be able to say comments like that in front of you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and that gives the you know that lets the other group too, the other people in the room know too like that's I'm not gonna be able to do that with Shirley like I'm just she's not gonna have it and we have to be a little bit more excellent in our conversations with her but again it
1: requires a strategy requires a strategy you make them become excellent. That's exactly how that is. You know, in some of the bias training that I have facilitated, that is really the basis of it. It's not your intent that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the impact of your intent. So when you ask the question and that question is asked of you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what you meant by that. I heard you, but can you elaborate on that? What did you actually mean by that? You're asking them to explain their, the impact that they wanted to have from whatever yes. it is that they're saying. Yep. And okay. that's when you really hear the real person that's answering and responding to that inquiry that you're making. That's excellent. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree.
1: This is fire, y'all. I told y'all, I know I say it every show, but that was one of the only people that I actually um, um, contribute to the Women's women Speak. With Shirley K. Podcast, those that come in with excellence, they come in with their authenticity as well. You get real conversation here. Thank you, Tanya, for that fire conversation so far. Absolutely. So Tanya, can you share share some type of experience or a scenario with you leading with your voice? Now you've gone through the scenario with finding um, um, and we've had voiceless voiceless experience. Share an experience of you leading with your voice. Now you're at a place where you can actually, you're the voice in the room. So what mm-hmm. happens? here?
0: Gosh, I think that um... One of the things, and this was a fairly um, recent scenario, so I will not name any specific organizations, but I think that once you start leading with excellence, once you have experience, once you're giving a pl- given a platform, it also comes with a lot of responsibility. Yes. And when you see things that are wrong and um, I think you have more of a responsibility to be that person. You know, I think we're really blessed, right that we have gotten to a certain level of respect from different organizations that we've worked for, partnered with and so forth and so on. So when you see something that's not, um, you know, maybe it's a racial disparity, maybe there's a specific manager that you, you have seen very specific incidents of th- them being sexist. Um, sometimes there, sometimes people under them may not have the experience, the comfort level, um The ear of leadership and administration for you for them to go to that experience, and a lot of times people will say, "Well, that has nothing to do with me." No, no, no. We have to lift all boats. We really do. You know, our the way we live and the way we work, more importantly, um, should bring everybody along. And if you see that a young person, or not even a young person, just somebody new to your organization, is having a difficult time from something that you know specifically, you can. Impact. Yes, uh, and in this instant instance, I went to leadership about a, a, you know um, some serious um, racist incidents that were happen across, happening across the organization, mm-hmm. and because I was um, considered a leader, a lot of people were coming to my office and sharing their stories. Yes. I could have easily say, "Well, that's not happening to me. I'm I'm sorry. I should," but I couldn't do that. So I went and shared. You know the concerns um, pushed as hard as I could. You know for change um, in the most professional manner I could, um, mm-hmm. but I really felt a sense of responsibility to do that for other people because I had the platform. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I can remember a couple nights not sleeping because I hadn't done it. You know, because God will—he gonna keep on messing with you until he. It, it, that's in my case. I was not sleeping. I was like, I have got to do this. And it was, you know, it's never fun. But man, when I tell you after I did it, the relief on my spirit, no matter what was going to happen, I felt so relieved because I knew I had done the right thing. I knew I had done the right thing. Um, And sometimes it's important to, you know, a lot of people don't have the same uh, voice and and opportunity Mm -hmm. and even audience that you do. So you have to be open to when God pushes you to be the voice for somebody else you have to be open and and, and
1: courageous in doing that absolutely and, and you, you said something in the middle of the of, of responding tanya you said the the folks coming to you didn't necessarily work in your line of leadership or the department that you were in but you were seen as a leader mm-hmm. and so when we talk about leading with her voice that doesn't mean you have a title for that department or for oh, that person absolutely. to be seen and to be known as a leader, it comes with some responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm. And Shirley, I was saying this the other day. You do not have to be a, a leader does not require a title. You can be an individual contributor. You can be, um, you know, whatever the. you can still lead because you never know who's watching you. And sometimes, which you and I know, sometimes you have to manage your manager. So, so you can lead from wherever you are. And that's why it's so important, no matter what level you are, to develop, you know, using organizations like When Women Speak to develop um, your leadership skills, because you can lead from wherever you are. You don't have to have the title to have leadership capabilities. And you'll find that people start coming to you because they can they see you as a leader. They, you know, they see it without the title. They see it and they'll come to you for
1: sure. Absolutely, and it's amazing that you said "manager, manager" because that's probably one of the first—not probably—that's one of the first things I teach when I'm um, mm. you know, um, mentoring or sponsoring or uh, anyone coming to me about any challenges within their leadership realm or their department. You know, I I teach them to manage a manager. You no, know, instead of attempting yeah. to do it differently. Than what the managers ask you to do it, okay, let, let's talk about what they're really asking you to do. Yes. Um, and that's how you become a leader within the leader in your department. So, yes. And yes. so it's amazing that you said that as well. And that's a perfect segue to this inquiry right here. Tanya, why do the voices and the values of women even matter?
0: Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I think that okay. So let's just think as women. I bet if you took a piece of paper and wrote down all the roles that you play in one day, yes, in one day, one day. not 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 a week, not a, in one day. I bet you would have six things down, six, seven, maybe even ten things down on that piece of paper. So I think that women, when our voices are heard, it has a ripple effect that other that men just don't have. So I feel like when we when we really are speaking authentically and when we really are uh, you know know who, who we are, it ripples to our children, to our spouses, to you know, our organizations, to our I mean it just has such a a ripple effect. So that's why I think it's so important. Um it re- it's like it's like our voices are like a, you know, like a bell. It's like the bell rings, but then you hear the, ding, 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 ding. I just yes. feel like that's what happens with the voices of women. When we are really in our power, it impacts the entire community.
1: oh the entire community.
0: Yeah. The voices
1: of women have a ripple effect.
0: Yeah. So that's why it's so important that we we dig into our voices because it's mm-hmm. so needed you know, it's, our voices are so needed. Um, it's funny. I, I have a, I have a daughter who surely knows. She's like her, her quasi auntie.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I can hear her saying things that I say, like she'll never acknowledge that I said it to her, but I can hear her saying things that I say. I can hear her uh, asking things that I would ask and my son too, but you know, really my daughter. So I know that when we, um, when we when we are powerful in our voices, when we know who we are, when we're authentic, that's going to give other women, whether it's our children, our nieces, or like you said, our mentors, it's going to give them the confidence to um, be their authentic selves. I remember I had a mentee, and I never would have thought about this, Shirley. We do this stuff all the time. <laughs> I took her to an event. Um, I took her to an event. She worked on my team and I was like, come to this event to meet with me. And the mm-hmm. tickets were like 300 something dollar and I, dollars and I got a couple of free, t- you know, complimentary tickets and I brought her with me. And later on, she told me I had never seen a black woman in a space that was primarily white move in that room in that way. Ah, it was not anything that I had not done a million times and it's funny. I didn't even it didn't even dawn on me that there were so few of us in the room. But then when she said, and I thought back, she was right. It was maybe a handful of the probably 300 people, maybe five of us, maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, that had such an impact on me because I'd never seen a black woman just move into that room with such confidence. So you just never know who's watching and me being authentic and comfortable in my skin, I think gave her the you know the understanding and she was in her early twenties. It gave her to be like, oh, oh, okay, that's how that's done. And I and more importantly, I can do it too.
1: The ripple effect. Yes, mm. yes. More importantly, I can do it too. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tanya, I mean, we we didn't even get to everything in this particular show, but I think what you shared was so substantial for our viewers that, and she even gave you guys homework, right? She said, in a day, write down the ways you lead in a day. I don't know if you guys caught that. She Mm -hmm. said six or seven leadership roles, but write down the leadership roles you have in that day because that says that without the title, with the title, even with the one title that you have, you have six, seven, eight more on a daily basis. You're leading every day. Every day. Your voice matters so much. And that is why When Women Speak with Shirley K even exists, because our voices do matter. When I had to respond to something, you realize that I had to create strategy for all this stuff. But there are so many other women out there that had to do the same thing. They should be heard. And that's why we're here on this podcast. Taya, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of When Women Speak with Shirley Kay. When Women Speak with Shirley K is sponsored by Life on Power in the brand, What If She Knew She Was Powerful. It is, we are on the Alive Network Podcast Network. Tanya, can you give our audience some last words to leave us with for this episode?
0: I think I would say to, we're um, getting to going into 2023 I would say really take some time to be by yourself, you know, take a couple of hours. We're here in South Florida to go to the beach. Better yet, rent a hotel by yourself and like just get rid of all the noise, get in a place where you can pray, pray and really hear God's voice and ask him what you want, what you want to, well, share with him what you want to do in this season and then ask him, does it align with how you want to use me, Lord, and, and expand my territory. Give me the opportunities, open the doors I can't see. Um, But I would say just take some time to block out all the other voices
1: and take the time to listen
0: to your own voice and listen to God speak to you about your voice.
1: Thank you so much for that advice, Tanya. That makes so much sense because you've heard me say often on the show that our skill is what we do, but it's not who we are. The only way you can get to that optimal fulfillment is through your purpose. Mm-hmm. Knowing that is the way you get to living this life on full and leaving this earth on full. L. We should never be empty. Not even when we leave here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This has been another another episode of When Women Speak with Shirley K. with our fire guest on this episode Tanya Severs Evans. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the When Women Speak podcast on the live podcast network.